we are. There we are. The music's still playing. The music's still playing. But there we are. It is Andrea Yanis alongside with myself, Franco Panizo here, back on the latest Miami Total Football Radio show, otherwise known as Miami Total Football Radio show. <laughs> uh, I'm still working on the name. I don't know. I mean, the rolling of the R's is so... Uh, <laughs> Part of it, you know, it's been such a staple of it of the podcast for so long. I can't get rid of it. But maybe I don't know. Maybe change the program or programa. programa I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> roll off the tongue the same way. Andrea, welcome back. This is your second appearance on Visual Podcast. How are you doing? You're wearing pink today. Very nice to see. It's my third, Franco. It's my third. I is think. it your third? I think it's your I second. think it is. I think it is. I think it is. If I remember correctly, it's my third. Yeah, and I'm wearing pink. Uh, I don't know. It's just a coincidence. Uh, I'm always wearing pink when we do the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the, the listeners and the viewers popping in already. Broward Harris, what's up, guys? I see it's going to be a spicy episode tonight. Fire emojis <laughs> and laughing. Uh, Catherine Kim says hello. A very big hello to Catherine. Carlos C. Hello with the to wave. everyone. And Castaño with a nice smiling emoji. The people are excited, man. They're excited to see you again. It's been a while. You guys have been very busy, you and Jose. Jose hasn't been on in several weeks, uh, but we'll get it back on very soon. Very, very soon. Especially with next week, two games. Um, well, three games, we count this weekend. So three games in like eight days, so um, nine days. But nonetheless, nonetheless, how are you? How's everything going? Everything is good. It's, I'm glad to be back again. I'm glad to be here. I'm ready to talk about Inter Miami. A lot of stuff. As you said, we've been uh, uh, very busy, but mm. it's all been fun. And uh, uh, well, Inter Miami is living a good moment. So we're here to talk about it and, and, and to discuss it and, and to discuss everything. We have a lot of good topics for today. And um, to everyone that's watching, let's send, send your questions, send your comments, and, and interact with us and tell us how we're doing. And, <laughs> and if you like what we're saying, let's see if Franco and I begin to fight today because it's, today is just us two and <laughs> we always fight. So it's going to be an interesting one, but I'm glad to be back and, uh, and I'm glad to be back with you guys here. Now we have to see our facial expressions when we go at it, you know, in terms of our debates. Now we're going to see how we look when we're going at it. So they're going to be like, oh, really? Is that what you look like when you're disagreeing with me? No, it's okay. Listen, all part of it. All part of it. Football is passion. Football is passion. Exactly. Tank721 says, Akisita in the building. Keep it spicy with the three uh, hot pepper emojis. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Everyone's taken to that nickname, Akisita. I love it. I, love it. Yes, I, haven't, ever... I haven't found one for, for Simon yet. Yeah, we need to look one. I, I am telling you El Chele, but you, you, you don't know what Chele means. So I don't know what that means. We need to, we need to find a new one for Simon. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. I keep saying that every week I'm going to have one and I don't. Um, but yes, like you said, there's a lot to talk about because since last episode, which was last week, if I'm mistaken, early last week, you know, it's been a little bit more than a week since we're recording again. This time we're recording later in the week. So this will be more of a preview pod for the weekend, but of course we will recap the most recent game against Sporting Kansas City as well. Normally we do the recap and analyzing of the last game, or the analysis of the last game first. This time we'll do it in reverse order. But before we get to all of that, before we get to all that, I want to start with a little bit of a lighter talking point. Maybe, maybe it ends up being, you know, more of a debate. Maybe our first one here, Akisita. And that is... Oh, a video I took at this past weekend's game against Sporting Kansas City. And I took it in pregame 
which we both actually, both for different reasons, ended up at the Inter-Miami team store there in the northwest corner. Um, Franco gave me an assist. I have I to gave say her, that. I gave her a Sergio Busquets free kick style uh, assist. If you want, you can show the details. Otherwise, I'm just going to go into into what, what I was uh, going to share. I wanted to buy uh, one of the Marvel shirts for my mother who was visiting. Another reason what I that I have been a little bit absent because my mother was visiting yeah. us and my mother wanted to to buy a shirt the last game that she went uh, we couldn't find one they were already sold out when Jose went and bought a shirt for her so Franco gave me an assist because I was behaving like <laughs> like Franco told me like a gringa because I was making the line when I have a credential and I have priority to get into the store and I was making the line and Franco called me like what are you doing <laughs> and he gave me an assist he grabbed the shirt so i could buy it for my mother so franco with the assist the, the assist of the week was not busquets with that uh assist for farias it was franco for andrea for getting the shirt uh, one of the last shirts available that day i didn't even realize that the marvel characters were on there which all the more leads me to believe that these messy celebrations are yeah not, are not uh I mean, I never thought that they were super, you know, genuine. I think that there's <laughs> definitely some Marvel um, sponsorship or, or some type of tie. We're in the United States of America. Of course. Right? Nothing of course. is. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. They got it right there. So listen, it's all... I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, all right. So let's let's dive into that because that is what I'm going to share. Some footage mm -hmm. from the team store in the lead up to the game, in the pregame, right? The game hadn't started yet. But this was, I just want to show a quick clip. We'll dive into it and we'll, let's see if we'll have some fun with it or if we'll, we'll debate a little bit. Let's look at this here first. <laughs> you get the idea, folks. So, I mean, if you don't know what we were looking at, we were looking at messy jerseys, but messy jerseys on the shirt, on the top, on the kit, mm -hmm. on el uniforme, la camiseta from 2020, and I guess 2021, if you want, you know, it, it was for both seasons, the first two seasons of Intermind's existence. Now, Lionel Messi was not a wrestling on during those two seasons. <laughs> and he will never wear that jersey unless something odd happens from this point forward. He will never wear that white and pink jersey. But nonetheless, Inner Miami is selling those jerseys and a pretty penny as well um, to help make up, you know, for the absence of the pink and black ones, which have sold out, you know, in terms of Messi for, for weeks. Uh, yeah, if not more than a month now. So, they're selling the white one. They're making do with the leftovers they have, which I shared on Twitter. And that made the rounds. I think it's almost up to like 500,000 views on Twitter. Um, so, you know, some people were in favor of it. Some people say it's, you know, it's marketing 101. It's, you know, sales 101. Some people are not too. I don't know if it's sales 101, but it's like aprovechando because if not, you wouldn't have it's like getting people it's like when someone puts like you see a real madrid or barça shirt with the new one and you put ronaldinho's name or cristiano ronaldo's name if you're a real madrid fan and you put their name when you when you know that they're not there already it's just like the same because he was not here i guess uh they're just um taking advantage that people buy anything. Listen, 
I wait, saw wait, wait, someone. Wait, hold on, hold on. Is it taking advantage I... if people are willingly buying it? No, it is, Franco, because they're not forcing anyone say, to buy it. Of course, it's taking advantage of the demand because people. I saw someone spend like four thousand dollars, paying four thousand dollars in things just because they had Inter Miami or some M or something at that store, and that's crazy <laughs> to me. So if, if, maybe if we should start are, selling M. Yeah, exactly. Start. We need to start selling like in in our countries, like outside the stadium. You get the the trucha, the trucha shirts. And bamba, we should bamba. start. In Peru, se dice bamba. In Peru, we say bamba yeah. for knockoff yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, knockoff or something like that. And um, and like Tank says, look, those were replica jerseys for $120, exactly. So they're taking advantage that people are buying anything that you put Messi yeah. on it. They see Adidas, they see Inter Miami, and they buy it. It's $120 plus taxes and all of that. So they're taking advantage, and that's America for you. That's capitalism for you. And you're going to blame the team because you they don't have the others available. So they need to, to find a way to, to respond to this new demand that they have with all these people coming in and going to the stadium and everything selling out every game. So they needed to find a solution and they found it using shirts that didn't sell in, in the past year. So I'll, I think I'll say this. I'll say this. I don't know if taking advantage. I wouldn't agree with taking advantage. I think they're capitalizing on the demand, right, and the lack of pink and black jerseys that are available with Messi's name on it. They have. They probably had a, a bunch of bosses laying around with these replica yeah. uh, white hair and jerseys, and they're like, hmm, someone came up with the idea of like, let's put Messi's name on it and sell those, you know, because they're gonna sell. We're gonna make money on stuff that probably wasn't gonna sell anyway. And well, people will get more messy jerseys. Now, again, he's never worn it. He can probably never wear it. Um, but nonetheless, it's going for sale and people are buying it. I mean, yeah, people are going to buy anything well, if they bring La Palma back. <laughs> every every shirt that was left out from 2020, 2021, and 2022. You're going to see goalkeeper jerseys with Messi on the back now. Exactly, exactly. You're going to see everything. Like, I've seen everything. Like, people were it's really insane how people are going crazy i was like really surprised because i knew that they were going to sell but people are taking everything like when i mean everything they a pen like this if you put an m they were buying a pen like this for like 50 dollars, and i'm like what what those are dollars for pens and your underwear pens whatever look at say if it's messy it's in Miami right now exactly so it's insane. I, I I think um like I'm saying uh, taking advantage because that's a literal traduct, uh, translation, translation from Spanish because they they tomando ventaja. They are to, uh, tomando ventaja of the situation. So I think that's that's what they that's what they're doing. And um, they they need to to find a way to get people to to get the people that are going to the stadium and looking for for the shirts to have because they there are none from from this season they are non in existence like you get an excel a 3xl or something like that you can get that uh, every every weekend but not for everyone they're not available and like leo, leo guerra says all about the benjamins uh, that's what i'm saying capitalism america this is the united states of america man <laughs> <laughs> so uh i mean look it's just part of messy mania to me it's just part of messy mania we've seen a lot of stuff some that we're in agreement with some that we're not you know, actually, I've been wanting to talk about, you know, the response from some players on recent pods, and we haven't had a chance to do so. But, like, the response that opposing players have had towards Messi and the like, 
Um, and I think you're a perfect person to do it with. So we don't have to dive too deep into it because we've got a lot of other things to talk about. But I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on how you perceive and you take some of the things that we've seen from opposing players, right? Like Dax McCarty uh, posting on Twitter hours after they lose the League's Cup final, you know, picture of Messi's jersey that he traded for uh, or swapped and him saying, you know, tonight wasn't a complete loss. Then seeing Brendan Vasquez uh, take uh, take Ask Messi for a picture after the U.S. Open Cup semifinal, which FC Cincinnati lost to Inter-Miami on penalty kicks. Uh, so, you know, there's been little bits and pieces like yeah, that. I think there was a New York Rebels player going, as well. I'm sorry, yeah. there was a New York Rebels player as well. I want to add for just complete context. Mm-hmm. There's a New York Rebels player as well that after the after Inter-Miami beat the New York Red Bulls, went on Twitter or Instagram, I think it was Twitter, and posted a picture of him like shaking Messi's hand post-game and had like a uh, I forget what it, what he exactly tweeted, but it was a very uh, positive tweet hours after a loss, which Red Bull fans weren't too happy about. I mean, what do you make of it all, right? Like you're you're, yeah, you're fans, a little bit old school in that way, right? So let's, yeah, let's fans have every right to be upset because I would if I was a fan of a team. And this happens a lot when Messi plays on national teams. He has played Honduras, he has played mm-hmm. Costa Rica, Panama, and people and players get criticized because everyone is trying to get Messi's shirt. And people get mad because usually the team that has Messi always wins. So you get defeated. You get defeated by uh, a lot of goals or you get defeated by penalties like they did it to Nashville and to Cincinnati. And to see then that your player is more interested in getting a shirt from Messi or in getting a picture with Messi, it's really disappointing. Uh, not all of them. Not all of them. Uh, uh, let's let's say that because in in Nashville's case, in Nashville's case, you saw Dax McCarthy, but other players were a little bit more composed than that. And after the game, even <laughs> getting mad with Messi and arguing with Messi, and the same with Cincinnati, with the exception of Brandon Vasquez and of course Luciano Acosta, who is Argentine and went directly to Messi. And I also don't like that the league, like takes this in and celebrates it because it's like you would never see you would never see imagine if Real Madrid loses to Barcelona and then you see everyone like not sad but you see them celebrating and and getting the other players jersey and put it in putting it on Instagram so um it's part of the growing pains and it's part of the things that Messi has <laughs> has 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 conned and showed and put put it on a spot even a bigger spot than they were before because we know that these things happen, of course, but it, it's been putting it in the spot a lot. And well, like I, I what, did say that. what happened that. in LA, what happened in LA, like, like seriously, they're the champions, man. And the way that they behave with Messi, like you have to be professional. You have so, to be professional. So, so I'll, I'll say this, I'll say this. And I laugh because there's a funny comment that I'm going to share with you it's, in just a oh, second, yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure you're not going to love, or maybe you will. Um, so I'll say this. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with swapping jerseys and going after a sign yeah. swap jersey as a player. After, I don't I don't have a problem. Yeah, that's nothing wrong. But it's, but it's the other stuff, like hours after a loss, posting your side, after losing a final, losing a cup. Uh, exactly. Lose, sorry, sorry, time out. They didn't lose the final. You have to have to make sure I'm consistent here. They lost the penalty kicks, which made them, you know, not win the final. So, uh, but just that just, you know, doesn't sit well with me. And, and I know the the guys at ESPN FC talked about this when it happened, and they were pretty. I think Craig Burley was especially adamant that it was, um, you know, just it's it like bothered him a lot. 
Um, and I would say, yeah, look, it, it's just not a good look. Um, look, I get it. You want to get the jersey. It's messy. It's the, arguably the greatest player of all time. Um, and to be able to play against him and have that memory in the jersey, I get that fully. But to post, like, there's something about private and there's something publicly when you have a fan base that roots for you, that pays money to go see you, try to win exactly. and compete. Um, and look, Red Bull fans, for their part, they were pretty upset with with the post from, you know, the, the striker, the Brazilian striker whose name I'm, I'm blanking on right now. But um, they were pretty upset. He ended up deleting the tweet. So I, I know it just depends. It's all a matter of opinion. Um, but I'm with you in the sense that there's a little bit too much. It's a little too much of a, oh, here comes the, the Messi circus and let's let's all watch Messi do what he does and let's all be in awe of Messi. Like if you're an opposing player and a professional sports team, your job is to beat him, not beat beat him, exactly. Which, which listen, you can respect them and all the great things. But, you know, I, I, I do think I agree with you to an extent that, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit much. It's a little bit much. Now, this is the. This is the message I left. It's from <laughs> Elmer Aglabat. He says, get over it, Andrea. You sound like a sour abuela. game <laughs> on the blank white t-shirt and sell it. It wouldn't be an issue. So why is this an issue? Uh, so because this, usually when you buy a when it, it uh, we were saying usually when when a team sells an, an older jersey, they do it for a lower price. That is that is the option in every team in the world. When you get your new shirt, you, you they keep on selling the the older ones until they run out. But you, Bra you, Broward Bra 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 says normally I would have disagreed with you, but as an Ecuadorian, seeing Hernan Galindez trading shirts with Messi after he scored on us kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Look, I'm going to give you a yeah, perfect example uh, from a personal standpoint. So it's not just like it's an MLS thing or this and that. Like which was mind-boggling to me that it, it could happen and it did happen. Christian Cueva, who is Peru's number 10 for the last decade, he's the, the top playmaker, um, has scored a lot of goals, got a lot of assists, very talented, although he's got a lot of off-field issues. He didn't – he got called up to the initial camp this for this World Cup qualifying matches. He didn't make the final cut because he's not in best uh, condition, best physical form. So he still attended the second match, which Peru played against uh, Brazil, and he attended it from a suite at – at the stadium in Lima. And then after the game, I don't know how he got into the, the bowels of the stadium and started taking pictures with Brazilian players and posting that on, on social media, which bothered a lot of people because Peru lost one zero to Brazil in the 90th minute. Um, so it was, it was a sour defeat. I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's the right place or time to do that. Like, yes, the, listen, you guys can respect each other. You guys are colleagues and peers. You're good at competing, whatever. But, You're competitors. You're there to compete, not to be in awe of one another. But that's just my opinion. Just my yeah. opinion. Uh, but let's move on. Let's move on. Because there's, there's a lot of other things to talk about. Let's talk about more newsy items, starting with, we'll start with one of the smaller items, but one of the more recent ones, Nick Marsman, who was not an Inter-Miami player as of, you know, several weeks now, but was still- He was an in, MLS player, right? <laughs> right. He still had a contract and he was yet still in Inter-Miami camp. He is officially on loan to San Antonio FC. Now, you know, people in San Antonio are questioning the move because apparently they have some good goalkeepers over there. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about I don't know a whole lot about mm -hmm. San Antonio FC's roster, but nonetheless, uh, Nick Marsman is on the move. He'll possibly go and get more playing time. I don't imagine he went on loan to to be the third string goalkeeper over there. But uh, you know, I guess this kind of ends the chapter, the weird chapter that was Nick Marsman sticking around here in South Florida after his contract being bought out. What are your thoughts on, on it all? 
Well, I guess uh, I'm glad that Nick finally found a club where he could play. I don't know if he's going to be the starting goalkeeper over there. I guess if they're bringing him in, it's they're, they're, they're trying to push to go to the USL playoffs. So they're trying to make the team a little bit stronger. He's a good addition. He's a good goalkeeper that if he's not the starter, he's going to help not only the uh, his goalkeeper mates, but also his other teammates. So I think it's a good move for him. I think uh, staying just training with Inter Miami was not the right move. He he needed to to go somewhere to to be competitive, to really fight for a, for a spot, not just training and knowing that you were you were not going to play any games or any competitive matches. So I think it's a good move for him um, if he wanted to stay here in the United States. And clearly, he still has a contract with MLS. So uh, MLS needed to find and him needed they needed to find a way to move to move him and and to to keep him playing. Keep him because, happy. Uh, keep him happy. Right? Yeah, keep exactly. Happy. I don't think he was happy with with the situation. So uh, I'll, this I'll, is share a I'll share an anecdote. I'll share an anecdote with you, Andrea, from Tuesday's availability, which not many uh, media members attended because Messi wasn't around, and you know, if Messi's not there, not many people come up. Mm -hmm. um, so Tuesday, he, CJ Dos Santos, and an Inter Miami CF2 goalkeeper was not Cole Jensen. Uh, the three of them started practice by, you know, uh, running towards where we were. And, you know, they run in a straight line, and then they go around to the far field. Nick Marsman, they all had balls at their feet, too, so they were, like, dribbling lightly. Nick Marsman saw me, and he walked over, and, you know, he, he gave me his, a handshake. And, I, I, like, I jokingly said something along the lines, like, oh, you're still here. And he, like, kind of gave me a slight chuckle slash smirk like mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't read much into it besides the fact like oh yeah i'm still here but i'm not on the team like I, that's how i perceived it but maybe he already knew that this move was coming and he wasn't going to be around for much longer i mean i imagine so i imagine this wasn't an overnight thing these moves tend to to happen over a, a good span of time or a couple of weeks at least mm -hmm. for negotiating purposes and figuring things out so uh you know got, got to exchange uh, a few words with him there at practice and then he just dribbled on kept going um I don't think this we'll, we'll see Nick Marsman again in, in South Florida. Um, I don't imagine he'll be back. Obviously, he might be bottom out. So I don't see, foresee him returning to the team. Obviously, teams ha is in good hands with Drake Callender. Uh, sure, they might need a backup, but you could probably go get a cheaper backup somewhere else who can maybe not be at Nick Marsman level, but somewhere close enough where the it's more cost effective in a league that has a salary, a salary budget. Um, now, going back to just the overall picture here, because – this past weekend, Inter Miami is missing a lot of players due to international duty. They're back, or they've returned since they last played, which was on Tuesday night uh, or Tuesday. Uh, there was a lot of participation for Inter Miami players in this international window. Leonardo Messi scored a goal uh, against uh, Ecuador. Free kick, another free kick. Um, he did not play against Bolivia, which we can talk about because I guess that will kind of take us into this weekend's game against Atlanta United. Will he play? Will he not play? Will he start? Will he come off the bench? It's turf. You know, this is a question, you know, Catherine Kim asked earlier in the comment session, do you think Messi will start on Saturday against Atlanta from the beginning? So, Andre, I ask you, we'll start there. Messi returns from international duty. He did not play against Bolivia for, we'll talk about the reasons, but, what do you think? Does Messi suit up for Inter Miami on Saturday evening against Atlanta United? I think it, it depends on how he's feeling. I think uh, 
whatever he said in that press conference where he expressed that he had he hasn't any problems on playing on turf. I think uh, right now the, the, the team is analyzing it. Uh, the team is analyzing it to see if that is something that in this moment uh, will help them, will help Messi. And uh, with his, um, remember he came out on that game after scoring with Ecuador, he came out because he was feeling very tired, as, as Lionel Scaloni said, uh, with some kind of molestia uh, that wasn't specified. But <laughs> I, I guess it's just because he was tired and he didn't uh, he didn't want to keep um, they were winning and he didn't want to keep on going. And that, then that's what Scaloni said, right? What did exactly. Messi say after the game? Messi said he just felt fatigued. Exactly. Right. He said he felt fatigue. Exactly. And then he he wasn't not included on the roster. He was in Bolivia, but he was not included in the roster. I think just that was a precaution because he didn't want to play in that altitude. Remember, he's coming from Miami, from living in Miami and going that high, I guess, didn't suit him well. Um, I think for Saturday, it's going to depend. It's going to depend on what we see him do in training tomorrow going to be interesting to see uh, because, listen, uh, playing in turf is not the ideal situation for a player that is 36 years old who has taken a trip from LA to Argentina and from Argentina to Bolivia and then from Bolivia to Miami. So um, I don't see him starting in Atlanta on Saturday. I think he'll come in, but I don't see him starting. I don't know what you think. Here we go. This is where it gets nice and spicy and good. I think he starts 100% on Saturday. It's not inside information. It's just my supposition, my sensation from the outside. It, look, it had been talked about in Argentina. It had made the rounds in some parts of the media in South America that he might not play against Bolivia. Like, it was a question that was asked. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can go on, on YouTube and search Messi, uh, no jugará contra Bolivia, and put, like, the timestamp for, like, you know, uh, a week ago. And you'll see there was conversation even before – the injury or just the fatigue or whatever they mm -hmm. wanted to label it as, because it was certainly a talking point. There was already murmurs and whispers and rumors about that happening because he's 36 years old and playing at the altitude in La Paz is extremely taxing for anybody, especially a 36 year old. Yes. Messi is un fenomeno. Messi is un extraterrestre. He's an alien. We can say whatever we want, but that altitude still impacts you. And he's 36 years old, Argentina, should have no problem qualifying for the World Cup without him for a game at altitude. And look, they won that game 3-0, to if my memory serves me correctly. So um, it didn't hurt them that he wasn't on the field in, in, in a large, large way. So I think it was just a matter of managing his load and his minutes. And then what was said publicly, which didn't really jive with one another, uh, was just a ma matter of, you know, uh, PR and controlling his image, right? Like you don't want to hear, mm -hmm. oh, well, Messi's not going to play because he's he's tired, right? Especially when it comes mm -hmm. to national team level, people are paying tickets. Actually, there was, funny enough, on, on the transmission, on the broadcast, um, Inter-Miami the, the, there was there was a family of four, if I'm not mistaken, that had Inter-Miami jerseys. They were Bamba, they were the knockoff versions, but they mm -hmm. were rocking their, their Inter-Miami jerseys uh, and, and supporting him. And that goes back to the point we were talking about earlier about, you know, some of the response from opposing players and teams, even Marcelo Mar Martins, who is, you know, Bolivia's all-time leading goal scorer, a historic striker for the Bolivian national team. You know, he, he was even like in his post, in his pregame press conference saying like, we need the Bolivian people behind us. You can't come out here and support two national teams. And even if it's messy and, and that goes back to the point we were saying, but we've already talked about that. So uh, 
I think it was just a matter of just resting him, you know, staying with the group though, of course, to, to be around and be part of that team and the, and the camaraderie and all that, that they've established. He'll come here. Uh, I believe he was already took part in some, something today in, with Inter Miami. He should be training tomorrow and then he'll travel with the team on Friday uh, ahead of that Saturday game at 5 PM. So Eastern. So I think he starts. You think he starts. Uh, and listen, and going back to the turf thing, because I know that's still a talking point. Um, obviously, he said in his press conference, the only one he has had with us local media so far is that, you know, he doesn't have a problem with turf. He played on it when he was younger, um, you know, throughout his youth career. So he has no problem playing on it. Yeah, you know, you can say one thing, but then playing on it is another. We'll see what his impressions are. After. He also remember that they, they play on Wednesday again. So I think that's, that's a factor to take into consideration. But it they may be Toronto FC, he, though. Yeah, yeah. It may be also that he has to play because Atlanta United opened up the big stadium and they open it up to the capacity of that the, they, the Falcons play. So it's like 70,000 people. So it's going to be an event. I will be there. Atlanta. I will be there. I'm Franco flying to there. Atlanta tomorrow night. Miami Total Football will be there in the house to bring you, uh, of course, all the pregame, in-game, post-game footage and quotes and comments, which we'll share for next week on our first of two episodes that we'll have next week because of the, the busy, busy few days. Now, Andre, speaking of this game against Atlanta United, Inter-Miami is sore. There are 12 games now, a dozen games, without suffering a defeat. They won this past weekend. Again, we'll dive into that a little bit later on. They're they going to 13. They're going for 13. They're going for a baker's dozen, if that that uh, if that's the correct use of that term, which I think it is. Uh, they're going for the 13. They Atlanta, United, Atlanta United was one of the teams that Inter Miami has already faced in the Messi era. And Inter Miami at home easily dismantled Atlanta United. It was the game where Sergio Busquets was allowed to do whatever he wanted from midfield. They didn't press him a whole lot. He got that early goal to Messi where he hit the long ball over the top. Uh, it was a it was a very that was that was for me, of the 12 games they had played since Messi arrived, that was the worst team that they played against Atlanta United. Uh, Char- no, Charlotte, I think Charlotte was worse. I think Charlotte was worse. They are, but Charlotte had some opportunities in the first half, and Atlanta United was just bad all game. It was disappointing. It was horrible. <laughs> they were horrible. And I expect them to lose. Listen. Uh, we were talking about the players being starstruck by starstruck by Messi. I think of the teams that I have seen, Atlanta is the team that suffered from that the most because they didn't play for anything. I, but I think the game plan. Anything. I think the game plan was what really hurt them. I think Gonzalo Pineda got it really wrong, and I think there's going to be corrections this time around. And I think it's going to be a different game, especially like you I, said, I with think the stadium, with the Inter Miami wins easily, easily, easily. easily. Okay. Easily. Okay. I think Inter Miami wins easily. Like Andrew Rogers is saying, 4-0 repeat, let's go. I think Inter Miami <laughs> is, is bagging at least three. And if Lionel Messi starts, even even more. Even Flamito, more. Flamito Oficial with the Brazilian flag says hello. He's wishing us hello. Maybe from Brazil or maybe he's local, but he's clearly Flamengo. a Flamingo fan. Mm-hmm. So and probably Brazilian. Uh, here comes J Dog with a uh, Como Estan Miami Total Radio. I just couldn't roll it. My arm. See, I just tried and I struggled. Radio. There we go. Radio, Franco. It doesn't come off every single time. It doesn't come off every time. Especially when I'm speaking English and I have to transition to Spanish and like 
my brain has to switch over. It, it doesn't doesn't flow uh, as smoothly as you guys might think all the all the time. Normally, yes, but not all the time. Um, again, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, you know, if we're going, if we're talking formations, it'll be interesting to see if Tata comes out with the the five three two that he's gone with, uh, or if he goes with the four three three. I think he's going to go four three three. I think he's going to go four three three. And I think yeah, one I of think- the reasons for that is the is the level of Farias, right? Facundo Farias yeah. has two goals in two games compared to Robert Taylor, who, yes, was, you know, messy sidekick and got a lot of praise during those initial Leagues Cups games that he was scoring goals and making a difference. He's kind of tapered off a little bit. He's kind of uh, – his form has gone down a good bit. But this is what Facundo Farias said when you asked him about playing on turf after the win against Sporting Kansas City this past weekend. So let's listen to that. We'll translate for, of course – you listeners or you viewers that don't speak Spanish. Eh, nunca jugué, pero no, no, no creo que sea diferente. La verdad que, que bueno, que, que saldrá en la semana, pero eh, no creo que, que cambie mucho en nuestra idea de juego, en lo que nos planteamos en el campo de juego, así que, que vamos a prepararlo y seguro que vamos a hacer de la mejor manera y con mucha ganas. Hasta que pique una de esas pelotas, hasta que... <risa> <laughs> yeah, I asked him because it's interesting to see players that come from other parts in the world where, where we don't play in, in artificial turf anywhere, uh, almost anywhere, uh, just a couple of stadiums I can think about in Latin America. Uh, because, listen, turf here, especially in, in stadiums like Atlanta, is, is simply horrible, simply horrible. So uh, I think that's going to be a factor but I don't think that's enough for Atlanta United. I don't think Atlanta, yes, they have Thiago Almada, but I don't think they have shown, um, especially against Inter Miami, um, projection. I don't think they have, they, they, they concentrated too much on, on getting Messi and, uh, and concentrated on Messi and forgot about even playing their game, forgot about Thiago Almada, forgot about every, everything that had made them good until that moment, and their showing was horrible. So I think the field is going to be an advantage for them, but I don't think it's going to be enough. And uh, I, I think players like Farias are going to struggle with that turf. And let's remember, last time Inter Miami played on turf, they lost Corentin John. So uh, players have to be very careful in these fields. Just yesterday, the NFL, the NFL Players Association, uh, it uh, came out with a uh, with a statement and using uh, football using uh, soccer as as they call it here as mm-hmm. an example because uh they said it was unacceptable playing on on surfaces like the one in Atlanta the one in New England uh, which are stadiums that are shared by teams in the NFL and the NF and the MLS so i think it's going to be interesting for Messi for Busquets for Jordi Alba for Farias for even Tomas Aviles because these players are new to to this sort of thing um are new to to those types of field but i don't think that's going to be enough for for Atlanta to 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 take advantage uh, of this game because right now in this moment Inter Miami is even better than what they showed in League's Cup when they when they were starting to play together right now they not only have Messi but they have Leonardo Campana who's having a great moment they have Facundo Farias who's having a great moment and they have different attacking options like with you said Robert Taylor but they also have Stefanelli who who we saw last game and we they're getting Joseph Martinez back 
and, and, and getting Benjamin Kremarski and David Ruiz and all the players that went to international duty. So I think right now in this moment, Inter-Miami, it doesn't matter if the field is, is, is synthetic. Um, they have a clear advantage, but it's going to be difficult for them to adjust to, to, to playing in that surface. Jaime Otoniel says, vamos Messi, go Messi, go. So look, I agree that I think, listen, I think Inter Miami wins this one, but I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park like it was last time. Yes, Inter Miami is a better team this time around, but I think Atlanta United is going to have learned from the many mistakes that they made that day, and they're going to make corrections and adjustments. Is it going to be enough for them to, to beat Inter Miami? No, I don't think so. I think Inter Miami is going to win this one. I still think Inter Miami will keep it rolling with Messi, with you know the team being closer to full strength. But this is where it's time to think about what type of formation they're going to go with. Do you think they go 4-3-3? Or what, what, what were you going to ask? Yeah. No, I was going to ask you if, if, if because I was curious to see what you think. You said that that you think that the ambience and the stadium is going to be crazy. Do you think we're going to see a um, majority of Atlanta or we're, or we're going to see like in LA where supposedly they have a good fan base, but it was all turned into messy mania when they played them? So I'll share with you what I think. This is again, mm -hmm. not information here. This is just my supposition. I guess there's a little bit of information here. Um, I think it's going to be close to 50-50, maybe 60-40 in Atlanta's favor, but I do think you're going to see a healthy contingent of uh, Messi fans and, as a result, Inter-Miami fans. Now, um, before I get into that, I will say that I do think it's going to be you know, a packed house. Uh, mm -hmm. I do think um, – I don't think, like you said, you think it plays a part in Messi having to play. I mean, it's definitely an element there of that pressure of, like, you know, from – corporate levels and stuff, but like that, that said, you know, that doesn't factor into his decision-making, whether someone starts or not, especially someone like Messi. Um, but I do think it's going to be a packed house and I do think it'll be split. Now I have friends and I have some family uh, that live in Atlanta who I will be seeing on this work trip. They are Atlanta United fans. They have jerseys, they go to the games, but they're Hispanic, they're Latin American, they're Peruvian, and they have an appreciation for Messi. So I have a distant cousin who's going with her fiance, and I remember from months ago she reached out to me on Instagram asking me if, she, if I thought Messi would play. So clearly she's interested in seeing Messi play. So she's going there. I mean, we even joked. I was like, "Oh, you're gonna have to get rid of your Atlanta United jersey and, and take an Inter-Miami one." And, and she was like, "Oh, absolutely!" Like so, that's one element. Uh, my buddy who's going, you know, where he go, he's going with his brother. Um, and some other friends, and, and I believe he's taking his wife. Uh, they've gone to Atlanta United games. They have their Atlanta United jerseys, but he's a diehard Messi fan. And he has been for years and years and years. He was rooting for him throughout the whole World Cup in our WhatsApp group that I have with him. And he's going to see Messi. So, yes, I think you're going to see some of these Atlanta fans, especially if they're Latin American, flip to go for Inter-Miami in this one, um, which, you know, you can have your opinion on that. We can have our opinion on that, but, you know, we're not here to cover Atlanta United. We're here to cover Inter-Miami. Um, so I do think it'll be it'll be uh, close to 60-40. Probably in, still in Atlanta United's favor, but I think there's going to be a healthy contingent of Inter-Miami fans, which should make for a great spectacle uh, and a great environment. I'm looking very, looking much forward to it. I've been to Mercedes-Benz Stadium on a few occasions already, including an MLS Cup final. Um, it's, never, it's never disappointed, but I imagine this one's going to be uh, a bit different and something special as well. So uh, very much looking forward to that, as well as the magical, magical ice cream machine that they have at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. <laughs> so if you guys don't, have never heard of this, I'm going to share with you a quick anecdote. They have 
they have such great technology in this place because it was recently built right in the last few years that there's an ice cream machine that you literally pull a lever and it comes out like that it literally takes less than two seconds for your for your cup to get filled it's it's like one of the most mind-blowing things i've seen um they, they definitely spoil their media there uh yeah definitely nfl stadiums are the best for media food because mls stadiums like Inter Miami are not so great for media food. So <laughs> let's hope it gets better the, next year. But talking the complaint <laughs> in the complaint box there from Akisita. Just have to get her her slide tackle. Gotta get banned on. from the press box. <laughs> they're just not gonna feed you anymore. That's all that's gonna happen. They're not I'm gonna, gonna feed right. us, they're gonna tactics. charge for food. Tactics, tactics, formation. Yeah, I think what what do you I think? think? Four 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 three uh, four three three, I'm sorry, or five three two. No, I think four four three. I think uh one three three. Uh, no, say four four three, that's an extra play. <laughs> Yes, yes, 4-3-3. I think Tata Martino uh, liked the, el funcionamiento of the team against Sporting Kansas City, who was difficult uh, rivals for them. And with the players that he's got coming back, coming in, it's going to complement uh, that formation even better because if you get Messi back, that, that it will be great to see Messi on one side, Leonardo Campana on top, and you get whoever you want to place, either Farias or you get Robert Taylor or Nicolas Stefanelli on the other side. And it's going to be a great trident for Inter Miami up top if you get that. And in, in, in the middle, I think they, they are sorted out with Busquets and uh, Dixon Arroyo. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see who, who who is that other player? Um, it's going to be Benjamin Kremaski. It's going to be. You think Gomez, it's Benjamin Kremaski? Yeah, he's injured. injured. He's injured. suffered an injury yeah. on international duty, didn't play. So he suffered the injury against Peru in the Peru-Paraguay game in the first match day. Uh, he played 66 minutes, almost scored off of a free kick. I was watching it as a fan with my Peruvian buddies and friends and family at a bar in Hollywood. And uh, and he almost scored off a free kick, um, hit, hit the crossbar. But he came out of that game in the 66th minute, apparently picked up an injury. Uh, so I doubt he plays in this one. We don't have confirmed information on that, but it sounds likely that he does not play. You it could also have, instead of Kremaski, you could ha also have Stefanelli playing there in the middle. When you get Dixon Arroyo and Sergio Busquets, you, you, you get a good defensive um, duo there. So you could you could see Stefanelli keeping his place in the middle. And, and the back uh, four with the goalkeeper are pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, that back I mean, it's four. I mean, or, or Aviles. And I think Aviles is going to yeah. be the starter. I think Aviles is going to be the starter. Yeah, especially Miller. because uh, the, the field for Sergi Kristof is going to be a lot harder than for Tomas Aviles, who is a kid, 20-year-old kid. And Kristof is uh, old and uh, he played he, he played against England and um, he, he traveled and I don't think it suits him to play. I think, in, I think, in, that's, in that. I think that's the most important yeah, element of it. It especially doesn't suit field, him to play. But yeah. the travel for him at his age, right? Exactly. More advanced in his state in his career than Thomas Aviles. I think the turnaround with the travel is probably tougher ask. So I think it's going to be Aviles and Kamal Miller. And of course your pullbacks uh, will be DeAndre Edlin on the right, Jordi Alba on the left. It would surprise me if we see that back five again. I don't think we're going to see it, especially because it's against Atlanta. And I don't think we're going to see it against Toronto either because uh, Toronto is the worst team right now. And um, I don't think we're going to see the back five in these two next games. And I think he, he was happy with what he saw against Sporting Kansas City because, yes, we know they still have problems in, in, in defense, uh, concentrating in defense. But I think it worked, especially in attack, because. But I guess uh, in Kansas City, it was like a to me, it was like a four-two-three-one. That's what I saw. I saw a four-two-three-one out there. I didn't see a four. Yeah, you could. 
you could say that, especially because uh, Facundo started playing, and they, then he changed places with uh, Stefanelli. And uh, you could say that, you could say that too. But it's that dynamic that that type of formation gives you. When you have back five, you you don't get that. You don't mm -hmm. get that. And you have Tata has the option, as we were talking, to bring in Messi and then to bring Farias to play with Messi and Campana or to bring uh, Robert Taylor or to bring Stefanelli and then bring in the middle another player like that. It's, it's either Stefanelli, Kremaski, or David Riz if you want to be defensive. Or um, you have you have that possibility with that formation. With the back five, you don't get as much because you lose a player in midfield. So it's, it's, it's not the same. I asked, I, asked Tata, I asked Tata that last week, and obviously it was after we recorded the last pod, so I, I probably should have clipped that that quote from him here, although he didn't really say much, because I asked him, you know, what the difference is for him in the 5-3-2 as compared to the 4-3-3. I even, like, jokingly said, you know, 5-3-2 or 3-5-2, however you want to look at it, and he kind of, like, chuckled or then, like, had a, had a little smile on his face as I said that. Um, I don't, I, like, I think it reminds me has been at its best in the Messi era when they've played the 4-3-3 and had Messi on the field. Because they're attack-minded, that it allows him to get on the ball. You, when you play five at the back, yes, it helps you solidify things defensively, but it takes away one more player in an attacking position, which this team is meant to attack, right? Now, you can say different matchups are away from home, different yeah, games. Matchups, they might, yeah. might want to play depends. with five at the back, but I think mm -hmm. in this game, you've got Yeah, they don't need a back five against yeah. Atlanta. Four, three, we three. agree. This is yeah. a miracle. <laughs> well, this, this, this is where this is now we're going to get into it here because you started from the front to back. Normally, I'm a soccer traditionalist, purist, soccer nerd. It's Usually start from, from back, back to front. But we'll say you started in the front and you have Leonardo Campana as the starter. Now, I feel like we've talked about this topic and asked this question to the listeners and viewers practically every show, especially since we've gone to video. If, if we've been, maybe we've missed one or two here where we haven't asked this question, but it's been a common question. And it's going to be a question yet again. Who starts up top? Is it Leo Campana, who is in form, no denying that, or is it Joseph Martinez against his former team in Atlanta? I believe there's going to be some type of presentation for him from Atlanta. Uh, is this his first game back there? Not his first game against Atlanta, but his first game back um, in the stadium in which you know, he scored many, many goals, won a title. Uh, and became a, a club legend in a, in a span of a few years. Who starts up top? Not who do you think should start up top, but who starts up top? And before you answer that, before the listeners and the viewers that are in the comment section answer that, I want you to hear two quotes from this past weekend. One from Campana on his current form, and then one from Tata Martino on Campana's most recent performance. We'll hear both of them back to back. Again, we'll do our best to paraphrase if you don't speak or understand Spanish at the end. Sí, bueno, yo creo que he venido de, de menos a más esta, esta temporada. Por ahí al principio no tuvimos eh, cambios de técnicos y me hubiera gustado tener más, más minutos. Ahora el Tata me está dando la confianza, eh, confía en mí, mis compañeros también. Yo creo que, como lo, lo dije el año pasado, necesitaba eso de ahí. El año pasado también llegué, el cuerpo técnico me dio la confianza, puedo hacer un, una, una gran temporada y... Y es eso, eh, trabajando día a día, yo creo que todas las cosas se ponen en camino al final del día. Quick paraphrase, Andrea, if you want to translate, what do you say there? Uh, he said that things get in their place day by day. The change, he talked about the change in coaching and not getting that much opportunities with the coach in the past and, and, and when Tata came, but change happens day by day. 
and he said he feels, you know, he feels more confident now. You know, he's gotten the the confidence of the coach, uh, the trust of the coach. So that that help has helped him in this recent good run of form. Now, let's listen to Tata Martino. Because I, 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 I'm going to dive into my analysis of what Tata says here in good detail. But I want, of course, everyone to hear it. And then you guys come up with your conclusions. And then we'll dive into it, of course. This is Tata Martino on Leonardo Campana's most recent performance against Sporting Kansas City, which was a two-goal showing. Creo que jugó un muy buen partido, independientemente de, de los goles que hizo. Eh, tuvo mucha participación en el juego. Se asoció bien con, con Facundo. Y, y para un centro delantero, llegar al gol siempre es importante. Él lo está haciendo con bastante continuidad, así que estamos contentos por él porque trabaja, es un chico que trabaja muy bien. All right, Andrea. Tata Martino there talked about how he thinks Campana had a good overall performance aside from the two goals, uh, how he was part of the collective overall play, asoció. Uh, to me, to me, to me, this is the most important thing, I think. And I think it's what, now listening to, to Tata and analyzing the games and, you know, answering the question that a lot of people have of why Tata continues to go to Joseph Martinez even if he's not maybe the most lethal finisher of the two. I think it, he puts such a priority in el juego colectivo, right? In terms of the ability to knock the ball around and keep possession and play with the ball in that way. And I think Joseph Martinez has maybe, in his eyes, done a better job of knocking the ball around and helping the team keep possession. This is my, what he says like he, he he makes an emphasis. He doesn't overly do it, but if you if you try to read between what he's saying, he's he says, oh, apart from the two goals, he was also involved in the collective play, which again is Campana is more of a pure number nine than Joseph Martinez, right? He's more of a, a guy that's going to finish things off in the box. You know, he can he can play with his back to goal and, and things like that a little bit better. But is he does he move the ball as quickly? Does he does he pass the ball and release it as fast? I don't think so. And I think in Tata's system, you, Tata wants a striker. I don't think that Joseph helps collectively. He doesn't have the body. He doesn't run. He doesn't get the ball. And you get that all with Campana. And listen, I think Campana is going to start because um, Joseph Martinez was a bench player in, in the two games with Venezuela. He started and, one. He started one. He started one. And, oh, yeah, he started one. Yeah, you're, you're right. On one, he was a um, a bench player. He, he but started against Paraguay. I have, I have it all here. I wrote it down yeah. to get my, my homework ready. I think he and started then, against Paraguay and then came up. Yes, but I have to say that even if Joseph went to the national team, he, he didn't do a good job. He didn't. They lost the first game and then they won the second game with a goal from Salomon Rondon, not Joseph Martinez. And Leonardo Campana, even though he was not called up for Ecuador, which was a big blow for him because just a week before I asked him and he said in a press, he all but said in a press conference to me and I asked him directly, nos estás confirmando que vas a la selección? And he, I asked him, are you confirming that you're going to the national team? And he told me, I, I talk to a coach every day. So he was expecting that call up. And well, he did say he was surprised when you asked yeah, him, for him last week yeah, for him. about exactly. not being called up, which, which by the way, I kind of took it as like a, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Like, I'm not Ecuador, Ecuador has a good, a good team. Listen, it's gonna I'm be different. Ecuador, Campana and and and. But and, I, 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 I told you and Jose mm -hmm. Armando, our other co-host, who's been missing in action for several weeks. Jose, get back. Um, I told you, I was a little surprised by his comment saying that he was surprised that he wasn't called up, because it was like, 
he was saying like he deserved to be there, which maybe he fully believes that he does, but he's been predominantly a bench player for Inter Miami in recent weeks. So like, I don't know why he expected to be there. Um, yes, he has scored some goals, but he hasn't been a regular starter, right? He hasn't yeah, been the out and out number nine. When you see Ecuador and you see that they are calling this 16-year-old 16 16 kid, Kendry Paez, and Campana is not getting called up, I guess that must have hurt him. Hurt him, Like he said in that press conference uh, when you, that, you, uh, that you're talking about when I asked him. And it really surprised me that after that, even though he was mad, he was surprised. And I guess a little frustrated because he doesn't like to be on the bench. And if he, he wasn't called up, it's because he was the bench player until the last couple I, of days. I think, I think, Andrea, and this is not information. So his response position. was good on Saturday. I, so, that is well, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think his response to you and the question you asked him last week at mm-hmm. practice and how he said he was surprised, I think there might have been some backlash. I don't know if Ecuadorian press took it as backlash or the fans, or, but I think there was some backlash there. Because, again, I, I could see the argument of people saying, well, why, does he, why is he surprised? Mm-hmm. He's not even starting regularly for his mm-hmm. team. But because he was asked again on Saturday after the two-goal performance mm-hmm. in the press conference about not being called up or about you know how people think he should be called up. And he kind of – he kind of skirted the question a little bit mm-hmm. that time. He was kind of like, oh, I don't want to be a distraction. And it mm-hmm. seemed to me like something happened between what he said to you and then a few couple of days later playing again. I guess he talked playing. with the coach because he also told us and, and told me that the coach hadn't called him and didn't even notify him that he was not called up. So something I guess happened. he talked something to the coach. Yeah. I mean, he if, was, the coach. If, if I was pundit in Ecuador and I covered the Ecuador national team, I'd be like, why are you surprised you didn't get called up when you're not a starter? At your team. Yeah, and it's going to be difficult for Campana because Ecuador right now has a good team. They have good strikers. And, and for Dixon Arroyo, it's going to be even harder because in, in, in Dixon's Arroyo spot, you have a lot of good players that are playing in the Premier League and playing in Europe. So it's going to be hard for them to get called up. But I understand mm-hmm. that they could be frustrated because, listen, even Benjamin Kremaski is getting called up to the national team just because he's playing with Messi. And uh, you get these players yeah. who have experience with the national team not getting called in when they are playing with Messi. you got Diego Gomez being called in. you got uh, David Ruiz getting called in. And you got all these players getting called in. And you don't get a call up when you're supposed to be one of the main players like Dixon Arroyo has been all these years, all this year when he, when, since he came in, he has played almost every game. Uh, um, so it's disappointing for them. So I get it. But Campana coming out on Saturday and showing up like he did against Sporting Kansas City was a good step. And I think with that performance and that showing that he did, I, I think he earn that starting position against Atlanta more than Joseph because Joseph comes from the national team. He didn't do so good. He didn't play both games. And you have an informed striker that is scoring from plays like Campana did in, in that goal. Uh, that and goal I, that agree. I agree with you that Campana assisted. is... And it is more dangerous than Joseph. I agree 100%. Andrew Rogers saying Campana is much more composed and is lethal in the air. 100% agree that. with that. Because I agree. Imagine with if that. you're playing Farias, Messi, and Joseph Martinez, like no the <laughs> short guys. Like the short guys. And you get Campana, you get a strong body, a tall body, and someone that Again, is good Andrea, with his feet. I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of mm-hmm. who's the better striker. 
but it's not about what we. I'm not saying who we think should start. I'm saying what we think Tata Martino does, and I think Tata I think Martino Tata goes has to, to now to see. Now, Tata Martino has to see. Like el que tenga ojos que veas, we say in Spanish. Who has eyes, they should see because, like clearly in this moment for the team, I think Campana is better. It, it, it should be no question. It should be no question that Campana should be starting and Joseph Martinez should be on the bench. I think even Tata and his assistants have to see that. So Andrew Rogers says Campana is much more composed and is lethal in the air. Broward Heron says, I want Campana to start, but I'm feeling like Tata will play Martinez due to bias and history with him. This is what this is again what I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean Tata maybe play a part, but this is what I think. I think Tata again, because there's Messi on the field, right? Like the need for your striker to be as lethal of a goal scorer is not as much of a priority. You still want your striker to score goals, right? You still want them to score goals, but is it is it as much of a priority when you have Messi on the field and you know Messi can score a good load uh, of of you know he can do a whole he can score a whole bunch of goals, right? So he can score a healthy load. So do you need that striker to be as lethal? So that I think prioritizes other elements as much or you know he puts value and importance into them like being able to keep but what element from the his history point. with him or his friendship with messi I, or I, what? I mean, look he he, he because footballistic with joseph lays footballistically, it footballistic things they don't exist they don't exist mm, joseph okay. has not shown anything he keeps the ball moving though he keeps the ball moving he keeps How? The moving. He, he does a lot of layoffs i mean one of my criticisms is that he does that too much. Like he doesn't ever nunca encara. He doesn't go at defenders. It's a lot of layoffs here, a lot of dink passes. It's a lot of short passes, but it keeps the ball in rotation and flowing. And and if you listen to Tata Martino in press conferences, habla bastante. He talks often about la circulación de la pelota, a lot about the the movement of the ball and the ability to to circulate it and move it around and have different players get on the ball and keep possession that way and get keep the touches going. I think he puts value into that, and I think he sees whether we agree. Listeners agree. I think he sees Joseph as better in that aspect. Again, I agree with then you that Campana have, is the better We should be talking striker. about the, then bringing back Robert Taylor in because then the team has the ball more than they do with Farias because Farias gets the ball and passes. He gets the ball and goes and may, Maybe Robert Taylor starts. Maybe we'll get more answers this weekend, right? We'll see yeah. if Farias or Taylor starts. Because Farias is a that bit is more direct, right? That is one thing that they have done I think Data Martino and his assistants and all the coaching staff is they have read uh, the games correctly. All these games that they have played, we I don't count the Cruz Azul game because that was the first one, and uh, they had a lot of problems in that game. It was the first game. It was against uh, a difficult rival. So, but the other games, they have his coaching staff and him have have read them correctly. And I think personally, my opinion, this is my opinion. If he reads this correctly, footballistically, you should see that you should start with the four three three that we are talking about, and you should start with guys like Farias, Messi, if he he, he is able to play, and Leonardo Capana up top. And then against Agreed. a team like Atlanta, you would be invincible. That, if you analyze just footballistically, that is the best uh, starting I lineup. I agree. I agree with you. Campana tiene más recursos, right? He gives you more yeah. uh, uh, options to hurt the opposing team. He's better in the air, right? How many times have we seen this season a cross come in and Joseph Martinez line up to do a bicycle kick because he's not, you know, he's not a header of the ball. So. I agree with you. He gives you more in the air. He's better at defending set pieces. 
He can hold the ball, ball up better, but does he move the ball as quickly as Tata Martino likes? That is, the, I think that's a question that uh, we don't have an answer to. Right? Like, I don't think anyone's asked Tata Martino directly, like, what is it that, you know, he, and Tata Martino's savvy enough. He's experienced. He's not yeah, going to say. Yeah, he doesn't it's answer. This, I think he, he has said, like, Joseph is about, but he, he hasn't say, He doesn't an, give a direct answer. He doesn't need a, give a direct answer. Kenny KH says at the moment, Campana is better. I think most people agree with that. I think most people agree with that. But it's not just about the goal scoring. It's about the collective play and what you want out of your striker. And I think Tata Martino wants more than, you know, just a lethal number nine. And I think that's why we haven't seen uh, Campana as consistently as maybe he should be playing because Tata's valuing other things, valuing other things. Now, uh, we can continue on with the topic because, I mean, you know, there's so much to talk about in terms of the type of strikers they are. Look uh, what Carlos Carlos Campano also helps defensive mm-hmm. set pieces compared to Joseph. Uh, you know, I think most people would start Campano. But especially against people. Atlanta, that this should be an easy win for this new Inter Miami team. Atlanta, this matchup should be an easy win on paper. Then you should start when you, when you have games against rivals like Atlanta. You should start the better uh, striker, the better team, the better attacking uh, players because these are the games that can help that you can win easier than like, for example, you you should you you would have to go to Nashville again or you will have to go to Cincinnati again. So these are the type of games to do it. So I think Tata Martino should read. He has been doing that and he should read into that against Atlanta. But I wouldn't be surprised. Like, uh, I, I agree with what you're saying. He obviously. So you think you think Joseph starts? You think Joseph starts? No. I'm asking who I, I, you would start. I'm asking who you would start. I'm asking who you think Tata starts. It's very difficult to, to say because if I tell you that, uh, that I see Joseph starting, I, I will be telling you that that would be not because of footballistical reasons, but because of a preference of Tata Martino. But that's than, more a coach, than, a coach is about preferences. Yeah, like it's, yeah. It's not just about who's most deserved. Like that's a fallacy. That's not. A, that's not. That's not um, based in reality. Coaches have their preferences, They're, and yeah. they pick on those. Those pick those preferences. Yeah. Whether they get it right, si acierta or no, that then that's up, up for us to to discuss and debate. But and, you in know, conclusion, I'm still but, going to say that I think Campana starts because. If he's reading the games like he has been doing, um, he he should start Campana and continue what uh, what the team has been he's been building on on these past games. To, to summarize here, I'll read J Dog's comment below. Campana should start, but if Messi plays, Joseph might start just because of his playing <laughs> style. I'll I'll say this: I think Joseph will still be the preferred option at, at the nine, but I think the leash for Joseph Martinez is a lot smaller now. I think Tata Martino, like. Campana's very close to convincing him to switch. And if things continue the way they are with Joseph uh, not performing at as high of a level as you would like and Campana continuing to score off the bench and making the most of the opportunities, I think soon you'll see that switch. But I think right now I still think it's going to be Joseph on Saturday. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Jaime Otonio says, Buena discusión. Good discussion. He's liking it. He's thanks liking it. We're getting, thanks we're getting to it. everyone <laughs> for the, your comments. Let us know what you think about our craziness and, and, and our analysis and, and everything that we're talking about. I got a yellow about. card. I got a yellow, yellow card. Yellow card for Franco. Franco. I agree. I agree. Thanks, Seven. Two. One, made, I agree made, a yellow card for Franco because he who is... Made, who made Tank Seven to one the referee here? Who made him? Who assigned him the referee? So that's really probably getting me a red card. Concacaf. But... He's a Concacaf referee. <laughs> oh, so, he, so he doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. <laughs> 
let's let's switch gears because we've talked about the formation. Um, we both think Inter Miami wins and they keep it going. Uh, so they should move a step closer to the playoffs. All right, Andrew, we still have to talk about the last game, so let's do so quickly because we're already over an hour and we still we're, we're bringing back the Q and A session even if it's only for a couple of questions. Because and I know not everybody can make it on here live, so let's let's try to jam pack this in uh, in the next 10, 10 or fifteen minutes so we can wrap up the show. All right, so Inter Miami. Played sport in Kansas City this past weekend at Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. They played through the international break. Miami was missing a bunch of players due to those call-ups. Uh, we've mentioned almost all the players, I think. I think maybe we didn't mention Ascona. Ascona. Um, maybe. Robert Taylor. Yeah, I mean, we could go through them all really quickly if you want, but um, yeah, you know, we don't have to. I mean, let's, all right, fine, let's do it. Trey Calder was called up. Benjamin Kremaski to the United States. Sergei Kristoff to Ukraine. Edison Ascona to the Dominican Republic. David Ruiz to Honduras, uh, Robert Taylor to Finland, Lionel Messi to Argentina, Diego Gomez to Paraguay, and the ninth one yeah, was Joseph Martinez to Venezuela. Joseph Martinez to Venezuela. There we go. There we go. It's it's it was it's been hard. It's always been like one person that I yeah. just keep forgetting, and it, it just rotates depends on who in the order I just do it in. But Joseph Martinez for Venezuela was the ninth one. All right. So those nine players were missing. Inter Miami still fielded a pretty good starting lineup, and they won this one. Three to two. Now they fell behind early. Drake Callender, who was allowed to stay with Inter Miami despite being called up, they allowed him to stay for the game. The U.S. Women's National Team did. He commits a very big blunder, and Sporting Kansas City takes the lead. Inter Miami responds through Leonardo Campana off of a penalty kick that he earned. Bit of a soft penalty kick, but there was contact made, and he converted it was on, a on the spot kick. I yeah. mean, yeah, it was it was. Foolish from Tim Elia. As a goalkeeper, you cannot do that. It was it was that a boneheaded it. play from Tim Elia. Yeah. So one one, and then right before halftime, DeAndre Yedlin pulls off a moment of magic on the ball, crosses it into Campana at the back post, and this is where Campana can do things that I think Joseph Martinez can't. Rises up over the center back and heads it to the back of the net. Two to one, they go into the break at halftime with the lead. I don't think Inter Miami played all that well in that first half. You know, you sat by me. I don't know what your impressions were, but Inter Miami took a lead into the into the break. In the second half, they get a goal in the first 10 or 15 minutes um, off of a very astute uh, heads-up play from – no, no, no. Inter Miami. Oh, that's yeah. That, that's a, from yeah. a very astute heads-up play that showed all his experience uh, with Sergio Busquets putting the ball down on the ground very quickly as sporting Kansas City players were arguing, arguing. Yeah. Were arguing a, a, a foul that was called against them. He finds Facundo Farias wide open. Facundo Farias races in on goal. And he finishes it to make it three to one. It looked like Andrew Robbie was going to cruise to the finish line, but they don't get the fourth. Robbie Robinson, he had a good moment on the ball, but instead of passing it to Campana for the easy push in, the easy tap in goal that would have given Campana his hat trick, Robbie Robinson selfishly, very selfishly decides to take a shot on frame. And Tim Elia makes the save. It's three to one. That comes back to haunt Inter Miami a little bit because Alan Pulido scores a goal. Makes it three to two, and it made for a very nervy finish. Nonetheless, Inter Miami they suffered, sufrieron, but they held yeah, they and they Kamal won. Miller was the MVP on that last ten minutes because the one that he takes out, I I <laughs> even screamed, <laughs> I screamed with his bum, right? With his bum, I think it was with his, yeah. I think it was with his, his butt. Uh, yeah, but exactly. He, he made a he made a great deflection there. Uh, quick, quick, just overall analysis on this one. Listen, I think the biggest takeaway is that they won. And that yeah, they, won they won despite not having Messi and several other players. This was that a, was important. I don't want to say depleted. I don't want to say depleted, but it was they weren't at full strength. Yeah, and yet they, they still came out and won at home. I guess Sporting Kansas City is not the best team, but nonetheless. 
No, but it's it's Sporting Kansas City is a team that I've been bashing them all year because <laughs> I've been saying they have they were the worst team and blah blah blah. But listen, since Alan Pulido is back, he's been he's has scored 13 goals with the goal that he scored against Inter Miami. So they are now with him, they are a dangerous team. And um they proved that against Miami, but it was important for, for Inter Miami's players. Uh, I asked Campana if it was hard for them because all the attention now is messy. So in this game, everyone was saying Inter Miami is going to go back to what they were. They don't have the quality without Messi. And it was important for them to get this win. Even with that, with Socando, as we say in Honduras, al final, uh, to that end of the match, uh, that they, uh, Sporting Kansas City could have tied the match. And uh, even with that, the team got the three points, and it's a booster, not just for, for the playoffs, but for those players that were there who were considered like second tier because uh, the others uh, were on international duty and that's what they, why they got their start. But if you see, a lot of the players were, were the regular ones. Uh, but if you are also going to talk about something not positive, like it's me, I have to say something negative all the time. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're embracing, like, I'm glad you're embracing your villain. Is that Latina in me, please? Let's it, it is what it is. But <laughs> I didn't like the defense. I didn't like especially Jordi Alba. I think he had what? one of his worst matches in in this um in his time here. He seemed tired. Um I didn't okay. like him. No uh, way. Obviously, no who gets no always way. Has ahora sí. Ahora sí discutimos, ahora sí discutimos. Ahora sí discutimos. We're we're arguing now. And, and Daniel Marcetti says in Castellano, he wants us to speak in Spanish. Bilingual podcast, my friend, is bilingual. So we got to go back and forth. But I'm disagreeing with you here. Jordi Alba, I thought, had a solid game. Had a solid game. The one who had a bad game, besides straight calendars, blunder early on, was DeAndre Yeti. He had his moment of magic on the ball, and that helped atone a little bit. But he was poor in this one from the start. Poor touches, lack of concentration. He did not have a very good game. And he's involved in both of the first two goals. And if you go back and look at them, he's involved in the two goals that Inter-Miami gives up. The first one, he is not in line with the rest of the defense, right? No, 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 no está, no está uh, alineado con el resto de la defensa. And he leaves, uh, he leaves the striker on. And if it wasn't for that, of course, yeah, straight calendar, you know, gets most of the responsibility there for not, not dealing well with the shot from distance. But if DeAndre Allen would have been in line with his defense, that guy's outside, and they don't score. Then the second goal, he's he reacts too late, and the ball comes down in between him and Avilas. Jordi Alba is not involved in either of those goals, Andrea. So I, I mean, I don't know how you can yeah, say he had he a bad game. Yeah, but he didn't give. He uh, it's not a bad game, but I didn't like him personally. Yeah, I, I didn't see him give uh, what he has been given. In the last games, he has always been productive. A lot of of centros and a lot of how do you say centros in, in English? I forgot. Crosses. Yeah, crosses. Sorry. Um, you didn't see him do that a lot. Uh, and Busquets, as always, he manages that midfield. So I think Busquets had a good game, obviously. And um, I didn't like the defense. I think that's something that Inter Miami needs to keep working on, especially uh, because you get Kamal Miller and you get Aviles. And in that Pulido goal, for me, you talk about Yenli, but for me, it, you could see that inexperience that Aviles has in sure. that goal. I mean, both and, of them have... Uh, and, Pulido, and you could see 
Yeah, Todos and you could see yeah, exactly, and you could see why Alan Pulido got his new DP contract, his DP contract renewed, not new, his DP contract renewed because in that in against Aviles and against Yellin, he showed he he is a lethal striker. So you could see you could see that Aviles, as we say in Spanish, is still verde. He he is very green. That's how you say it. Uh, yeah, that's okay. how you say it in English. Uh, a uh, literal tra tra uh, translation. When I, was, when I was starting, when so, I was starting my career, somebody told me you're as green as marijuana. Someone told me that. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so you could see that. So that's for me. If I have to say something negative about the team, was that four defenders: Jordi Alba, Kamal Miller, and Tomas Aviles, and DeAndre Yellin uh, were not as solid. But then you see Yellin gave them assist, and then Kamal Miller saved. Uh, that third goal, the tying goal that that Sporting Kansas City could have scored if he didn't get his butt in there. So this, <laughs> this was the starting lineup really quickly. It was a 4-2-3-1, Drake Counter and goal, DeAndre Yedlin, Thomas Aviles, Kamal Miller, Jordi Alba, the back four. The first line of the midfield, Dixon Arroyo with Sergio Busquets. Second line of the midfield, Nicolas Stefanelli, Facundo Farias, and Robbie Robinson up top, Leonardo Campana. Look, overall, my biggest takeaway from this game is El resultado se obtuvo, right? They, they accomplished the goal of getting the win and getting the three points. El rendimiento, to me, the performance level, not great. Not great. I don't think they had a great game. Now, yes, they were not at full strength. Messi was not there. So, you know, can't ask for them to be at that same level. But I still don't think from the run of play, they played particularly well. The first goal comes off of a penalty kick, yes, that they earned. But it was... You know, it was a play that Campana had his back to goal and he gets knocked over. Um, you it know, wasn't a, a, a goalkeeper error because it it was not – Campana was no danger to him for him to come uh, With out his back to way. goal, yeah. So, so yeah. That, that goal, yes, you, you give, you know, merito and you give merit to, to the pass um, from Dixon Arroyo and the run from Campana, but it was a, a silly penalty kick, more of a, an error from Sporting Kansas City uh, and Timilia then, you know, for, for Inter-Miami, Medito for Inter-Miami. The second goal, moment of magic from DeAndre Evan. It's right before halftime. Besides that, I don't think Inter-Miami created much of anything else to, to test Timilia. And then in the second half, after they got the third goal, and they made it 3-1, to one, and Sporting Kansas City really had to push number forward and really try to start risking things, spaces started opening up. And I think that's when Robbie Robinson started to have his best moments, including that aforementioned, very impressive play that turned into a very frustrating play because he didn't pass the ball to wide open Campana. Um, that's when Inter Miami should have put away a fourth and ended the game, but they didn't. Sporting Kansas City got back into it. Um, overall, they get a passing grade. They won. They got the three points. They took care of, of business, but did they play particularly well? Again, look, the third goal comes off of a heads-up play. Again, it wasn't from collectively, you know, yeah. uh, on, on uh, a breaking down or unbalancing uh, Sporting Kansas City. It was just a, a heads-up play from from Sergio Busquets, Busquets, I know Kansas City. Una viveza. Viveza, exacto. Uh, y, y Kansas City wasn't too happy with it. You know, the players were protesting at Peter Vermees after the game said that there's no way that that free kick should be allowed because the players were talking to the referees. It is allowed. Contact. Like, that is why you say said, you don't stop, you don't stop to play unless the referee gets his pito, his thing. His whistle. On, his whistle, yeah, sorry. His <laughs> whistle, because you have to keep playing. It doesn't matter what you think or what you think you saw. You have to keep playing. And that's a difference between top players like Busquets and Sporting Kansas City players who are accustomed 
to ar uh, to argue with with the referees, these pro referees that that MLS has. Who uh, let's talk about the referee in this match here was El Fat, who is not very good in my opinion. So you could see that yeah, he's difference. a World Cup referee, Andrea. He's a World Cup referee. All right. Um, so you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's that bad. I don't know if he's that. Uh, Daniel Marcetti, soy argentino, creo que si hoy Messi no entrenó, no jugará igualmente ver el partido. Daniel, yo creo que Participo. Messi jugará, yo creo que sí va a arrancar. Andrea dice que va a participar uh, como suplente, pero yo digo, no es información, yo creo que Messi uh, arranca el sábado. Um, pero bueno, back to, back to the, the Kansas City game. Um, And also I think Kansas looked a little bit better because Messi was not there, so they didn't have that pressure to be on top of him all the time. So I think they 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 played better and um, that helped them to 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 complicate things for Inter Miami. I think I think Kansas City wasn't great either. I think neither team was great. No. Um, but Inter Miami was just more clinical. And they had their moment, their better moments, right? Like DeAndre Yedlin's moment of magic, Busquets' moment of Vivesa. I mean that that helped make the difference. That helped make the difference. So We'll leave it there for that game. Uh, Inter Miami got a passing grade, and they got the three points that moved them closer to the playoff line. They are now six points back, Andrea. Six points back. Look, there's the tabla. Oh, we got to take this comment off so you can see where Inter Miami is because right now you can't see it. Um, all right, there it is. Inter Miami has 28 points. DC United in ninth with 34. The seventh place team, which doesn't play in the play-in game, is on 40. So that's 12 points for Inter Miami. Maybe... You could see it as a task too big, but I'm going to ask you before we go to the Q&A session. Does Inter-Miami make the playoffs, Andrea? Does Inter-Miami do it? They've got, what, six games left in the season. Only six points separate them from the red line in the Eastern Conference. I've asked Steve Brenner. I've asked Simon Borg. Oh, Simon Borg. I've asked Simon Evans. Simon, don't, don't, uh, don't hurt me. Um, I've asked Simon Evans. I ask you now. I've said no for the last two shows or the, the last two times I've asked yeah. this question. I'm starting to think yes. I'm starting to think yes, they make I, it. I would think yes, but the problem is Franco that Messi is leaving for international duty. Yeah, again, but they don't play so... again during international duty. They don't play again in October on international break. Yes, they play that Charlotte game. In it, uh, oh, the, the reprogram game uh, in um, on the international duty dates, so that's gonna be a, a thing. If they need the points uh, for that match, who that is going to be right after, so they're gonna be playing a lot of matches on Saturday and then Wednesday. So that makes me doubt it. But you you never know. This team, Simon, has believed it from the start that they could win the treble. So. You can, you also have to say that they have the final on the 27th, so, so that's something that they should concentrate on instead of an MLS game because uh, it's a little bit more possible for them to win a trophy there than to win the whole of MLS, right? So for me, for that reason, it's still a no. It's still a no, but I can see I can see them getting very close to the playoffs. So that game that you talked about, Charlotte, it's played right after the international break ends. It's literally played the day after the second round of games in, in terms of the window. Um, so yes, so a lot of players, a lot of players no, that play Tuesday are not uh -huh. going to make it in time. Um, but technically, it's not played in the window. It's played out of the window. Technically, technically, <laughs> yeah. But technically. they 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 put it on a Wednesday, so. 
I understand that Inter Miami doesn't have time because they have the cup final and they have to all be done before that weekend. Uh, and that's why they are playing that game. It, when when they reprogrammed this game, we talked about it, that it's mm. it, it was going to come back and haunt the team if they continue to win. And this could be a problem. And this could be, uh, that is why I think that they still not make it because they have the final. And, and for the final, they have to concentrate. And, and they have this game that they're going to be missing a lot of players and they have to, to, to win every game. It's possible with Messi, like thanks is saying we will win the treble. <laughs> Simon has been the only one that has been saying that said it from the start. We didn't believe. ¿Qué se dice? Listen, triplete en español? Sí, triplete, el triplete, el triplete, el triplete. So uh, it's going to be hard. Listen, uh, the, the positive thing is that the rivals that, uh, uh, that Inter Miami have, uh, you want to say what are the six matches that are left? Uh, so I'd, I'd have to pull up the schedule here. Though you just put me on the spot. So I mean, okay, I have it. I have it. So they Atlanta, have Atlanta, Toronto, Toronto Orlando. Orlando City, the New York, Chicago, mm -hmm. Cincinnati, and two games against Charlotte. And in the middle of that, they have the U.S. Open Cup final. So they are playing a lot of games from Wednesday and uh, to Wednesday and Saturday and so on. So. Uh, the schedule I have to correct be... myself. I have to correct myself. I said they had six games left, but I thought I said 28, but they have 26. That means they have eight games left. Exactly, so, yes. so, I mean, I think they, I mean, I, I'm going to go back on what I said now. I'm going to go back and forth here, but I mean, mm -hmm. look, they, they proved me wrong. I have to, you know, say what I think. I think they make it. I think they you make think it they now. Make it. They've been so good now. And mm -hmm. I think they make it. They still have to keep it up. That's, that's the tricky part. They still have to keep it mm -hmm. up, but I think I know, they won a game without Messi. Um, For me, these games with Atlanta and Toronto are a must-win. They cannot lose points in this in these matches because uh, then you have uh, you have Cincinnati, and that is going to be hard. Cincinnati are going to play that game. Nobody's beating into Miami yet, though, Andrea. Nobody's beating yeah, since, no one is beating them. Guy. Has beating them, but for them, a one point in that matchup is not gonna do anything. That's true. So, so Fair. it's gonna be difficult. And then you get a game against Chicago, who is also fighting you for that last playing spot. Chicago, no so chance. No chance. No chance. I know. I know. I know. Tank seven two one says Akisita is a pessimistic Pamela. Double yellow cardi <laughs> afuera. Papuera, no, early Franco, Franco is now changing his tune. He said no earlier. Now he's changing his tune. Let's see. Let's, I, I think I it's did. still I... too early. Let's see. These two games of this this weekend and the one on, on Wednesday. I think they're they're gonna give us um a good a good a good viewing and also the results because uh, listen, Inter Miami have been winning. They have been doing their job, but also DC United and Chicago have been fumbling the ball like crazy like they were ryan Tannehill, so um <laughs> inter miami has benefited from that so it's, all right well it, it's it's all been doing good for them let's wrap it up with the q a session the return of the beloved q a session for those of you that have been viewers or listeners for a long long time we'll do it very quickly because we're already over um our allotted time that we normally try to aim for so we'll go with one question it comes from jason siegel what is the injury status of Diego Gomez and Gregory? Also, Mota came back for one game and hasn't played since. Did he re-aggravate his injury or was his performance not good enough to regain his spot on the regular roster? So, I mean, we've, we've had some updates. Uh, Gregory, we know he had uh, a screw removed from right his foot, so he had surgery there. So, you know, they didn't use the word it's setback, out. but it sounds like he suffered a setback and he's going to be out from what Tata Martino said. 
uh, until at least October. So probably not going to see Gregory again this season. If we do, I, I can't imagine it's, it's much more than a few minutes here or there. Uh, Gene Mota, there hasn't been any word officially from the team, which is, you know, inter- inter- sometimes they want to give you injury info. Sometimes they don't. Uh, in this occasion, they haven't said anything about Gene Mota's continued absence. Um, we haven't seen him in training since he, he played he, the last game. He wasn't with the team. He hasn't been training. Mm-hmm. He wasn't with the team uh, at the last home game when they with Messi when they you know brought out the league's cup trophy and the whole team was there to to walk on the field of drafting stadium. He wasn't present. He was at home. He posted on Instagram a video of him from a couch with a blanket, inch Miami blanket on, and he was watching the game. Uh, he recently this week posted his legs in one of those like. I don't know what to call them. You know, they're like the... Camara hyperbarica. I don't know how to say it. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of those, I mean, hyperbaric chambers. I don't I don't know how you say it. But he was in one of those, like, recovery um, mm-hmm. machines. So mm-hmm. it seems like he had a setback. We don't have that confirmed. We're, I'm going to ask Tata Martino tomorrow. So we should have an update uh, officially. But it seems like he, he also had an injury after playing. And with game. Diego Gomez, we still don't know. We are going to ask know. Tata Martino also tomorrow because he came back and he was examined by Paraguayan doctors and Barros Esqueloto, who, by the way, doesn't have much time left in his tenure. He, we're going to see him in MLS pretty soon. I am betting on that. If you so, want to bet, so, tell me. Uh, he, he said that he had an, uh, um, a muscular injury. So Inter Miami has not yet informed us what type of mus- muscle injury, but usually those you're you're out like for 15 days, something like that. So a hyperbaric chamber, I just quickly looked it up, has to do with oxygen. So I don't think Gene Mota was in there, but um, he was in some type of uh, technological medicinal contraption. I don't know what it's called. I have to, I'd have to actually find out what it's called, which is my job. So let's, uh, I'll work on that. Um, all right, we'll leave it there for the Q&A session. Normally, we do our final thoughts on the pod, but we've gone on for a while. Um, and I know I'm going to hey, do final my thoughts. final thought. No, no, there's no, there's I'm no going to do my final thought. Fine. If not, I'm going to riot. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. Quickly, though, quickly, quickly. No, I have to say that it was a good week for Inter Miami youngsters because I'm obviously going to talk about David Ruiz playing his first game with Honduras in Rueda's new uh, era with the team, David Ruiz came in and he played his first match. So he is already representing the national team. And then Benjamin Kremaski played his first match with the United States. But I wanted to let people know because some people are talking that he is already cap tied. People <laughs> need to understand you need to play three games with the new no, rules. No, no, you need no, to no, play no. three games Three games to be completely cap tied no, no. with a team. Not if it's an yes. official game. Not if it's an official game. Yes, you have no, to play three games, game. Franco. I don't think you so. You have to play three games. Yes, you have to play three games. Three games with a national team to be considered cap tied for a team. So we could still be- see Benjamin Kremaski. That's different. Kremaski played a friendly. He, David Ruiz yes. played. No, an I'm talking game. about Benjamin ah. Kremaski. Um, see, Benjamin I, I Kremaski. See, He's not he cap tied. Yeah, exactly. he's okay. not captain, so he needs to, to play three games. Sorry, sorry. Like Brown Hare, Broward Heron is saying, let me speak, man. Let me speak. <laughs> no. Let Andrea so speak. It was a win for Inter Miami because uh, the, it, this is 
um, a good a good thing for the team because it builds for the future. You could see the team starting to create players. And then the next step is we're going to see the team starting to sell these young players to Europe, to other leagues and important leagues. And that's when the team is going to keep growing, even after Messi. So I think that's important to, to see these young guys get, get, get time with the national team at such young age. And let's let's face it, they are getting called up because they play with Messi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tank72 says final thought. Andrea, well, he said, I can see that's completely wrong. We make the playoffs. Uh, cool guy emoji. All right, my final thought, I wasn't going to do one, but I will do one now, is that I might have some very exciting news to share with y'all soon. I can't say much more than that, but I'll tease it there for a little bit. I'm not usually the one to tease. I like to reveal news and break news. I don't like to keep secrets, but this one I have to keep close to the best for now. But I might have some, uh, some good news to share with y'all fairly soon. So... That's all I can say for now. But it's been a pleasure once again having Andrea Yanis, a.k.a. Akisita, on the podcast. We're going to try to make sure she comes back next week for one of the two episodes, if not both. I don't know if I can get both, but we'll try. We'll try for one of the two. Uh, if you haven't already, please give us uh, a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're watching this live or uh, post-live uh, viewing, please give us a like comment, share, subscribe, all of the above, ring the little bell on YouTube, do it all. Uh, it helps us out tremendously and it costs you guys absolutely nothing, just a few clicks. Uh, but I'll be in Atlanta. I'll bring you guys all the coverage from there and we will be back next week for two episodes. So for Andrea Yanis, I'm Franco Penizo. Thank you guys again for listening and watching and we'll talk to you guys soon.